0: Welcome back to Alia Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Va'era, Shishi the sixth Alia in Pasha's Va'era. Today the topic is going to be pestilence and boils. We're dealing with the two next plagues. Um, these are plagues five and six of the ten plagues. This is, the Alia is 26 psyche long, running from Perak Ches Yotest to Tess Utes Zion. Let's take a look at a brief overview and then we'll jump into some points to ponder. So we're now in the middle of removing. We're about the, rem- the the sorry the, the application of the arov, of the wild animals, and this is what happens. The Hashem says He's going to make a pedus, a separation between the nation of Israel and the the, the Egyptians, and the la tomorrow the sign will be. And that's what happens. The the wild animals come in and they they occupy all the cities, and Pyro calls Moshe and Aaron. He says, just go out and sacrifice, and just don't 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 don't, don't. remove this from us, and and um they said no we can't we can't do that we can't just sacrifice here because the egyptians uh, it's it's a it's a disgrace they're going to stone us if we do that we need we need to go to the desert and there's that's when we need to sacrifice and pharaoh says i'll send you i'll send you you can go just don't go too far please pray for me um so moshe says i'm gonna go and i'm going to pray for you and the, all these wild animals will leave and um from you and tomorrow but uh um, um, don't Don't carry on playing with, with me. Don't, don't keep changing. But they go, go out, they pray, and they remove the wild animals. And then, his heart becomes hardened, and he doesn't listen to them again. So now we have, we have the, the beginning of the fifth plague. Hashem turns to Moshe, and, and He says, Go to Pharaoh and says that Hashem, the Hashem, the God of the Hebrews, has spoken to you. Send out my nation to them. he serve you. And if you refuse to, and you're going to remain uh, in charge, then the hand of God ha'yab is going to be against the the your livestock your domestic animals susim chamorim kamalim abakar all all your domesticated livestock will be affected and Hashem is going to distinguish between your livestock and the the Hebrew livestock the, the the nation of Israel will not be affected so Hashem says the the time will be tomorrow this is when it's going to start and that's what happens the next day all of the cattle of Egypt dies and nothing not a single one not a civil casualty among the, the Israelite cattle. But Paro again, his heart became hardened again. Now we hear about the sixth plague where Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron to take Maloich of Nechem, he takes this ash from the kiln, from the furnace, and he, to throw it to the heavens um, in front of Pharaoh. It'll turn into avak, it'll be this dust in all of Mitzrayim, and everything will be affected by boils. Um above voice these terrible boils they're hot they're they're they they've got liquid inside terrible terrible um um affliction and that's what they do and it goes out and the are not able to stand in front of Moshe because of this terrible plague and Paro once again his heart is resolute and um, at this at this point in time we now hear about uh, again Moshe makes the demand you have to send out the nation or I'm going to send all my um, all my plagues against you, um, to know that there's no one like me among the land, and uh, and again this is this is the introduction now to the next plague, which is Barad, which we'll see later on. So a few basic points to ponder. Number one is is how does this plague, how is the plague um, going over from the last aliyah to this aliyah, which is the wild animals? How does it differentiate? So I sort of actually points out that on a Shabbos we talk about three differentiations in Judaism. We talk about dark and a dark and light sacred and profane, that's, uh, and between Israel and nations. And Rav Salamatik says that sometimes in, in Israel's history, when the Jews are performing the way they should be, and they are distinct from their neighbors and their host nations in the diaspora, then the distinction of what Israel is like night and day. It becomes very clear. There are other times where perhaps they are not as differentiated. They are more integrated into society, but they still remain the the the, the distinction between Israel and nations is still there. It just looks like sacred and profane. It's a little more subtle. It's a little harder to pinpoint and appreciate, but it's there all the time. Hashem is making it, uh, at this point in time a very clear notice that in order to create this nation, it's going to be very incandescently clear. I'm going to make that distinction. And I'm going to use these makos to show that, in fact, the, the distinction is very, very clear and not blurred. That's what's happening over here. Now, why pestilence? Why is this chosen? of Hirsch says the word dever relates to the word ha- of, uh, davar or diber of Hashem's mouth because that is Hashem expressing that, um, that, that it is very difficult to understand how d- dangerous diseases spread. So he's relating it to the fact that this is all coming back to the mouth of Hashem. And Hashem controls the society. We have medical technology, we have quarantines, we have border control, but still plagues get through, diseases spread, people die. And therefore, it is, it is clearly the mouth of Hashem. Ras Alaychik also points out that a lot of the success in the Egyptian society militarily was because of a lot of the inventions they had, the chariot. But when it came to domestically, it was because they domesticated a lot of their war instruments to using the horse as a work, um, as um, as a workstation, being able to utilize livestock to produce great agriculture and farming. That was what the Egyptians were very successful at, which is why their economy was such. They treated their domestic livestock as their property and they viewed the Hebrews as their slaves in the same way as their property and what... Hashem is doing is stripping them of their assets and wealth, They're stripping them of the livestock which produces the success in their economy, stripping the society of their assets, which will ultimately be a sign about the stripping of the assets which are going to be the future, which is the, the Hebrews soon. Why is it called the hand of Hashem? Why is this last plague called, or this plague here, the fifth plague called the hand of Hashem? So the most basic way of understanding it is, If each of the makos is represented by a finger, like the third one, like lice was indicated, so five fingers, the fifth makos is going to be the hand of Hashem. However, the of Yosef Bechoroshor points out that um, unlike the previous plague of the Orov, there was an ability to be able to board oneself up into a fortress and the wild animals would not be able to enter. When it came to pestilence, disease gets everywhere. Disease spreads in an unmitigated fashion and therefore even the fortresses, we're not impervious to that, and that is that—that is the hand of Hashem. It reaches much further than you think you can possibly protect yourself from it. Now, why tomorrow? Well, there is a lot of tomorrows. The starting of Bara of, 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 of the ending of Arav. Why is it all this? All these tomorrows—the beginning of of pestilence of Dever. Why tomorrow? So Rassatzkin points out the tomorrow for the wild animals, meaning that he's only going to take them away like frogs—is the idea of precision. But it is another aspect to it: is that he wanted them to live overnight with the panthers outside their houses and the tigers creeping through the windows and the snakes under their beds. He wanted them to live a night of terror so that they could really understand what this plague was about. That was the tomorrow of the wild animals. But the tomorrow of the pestilence, why was a tomorrow when he was bringing about the pestilence, was not only to demonstrate precision, but also to give the Egyptians the opportunity and the chance to do repentance. Hashem always wants repentance, not just being right and justice, which they certainly did deserve. Another question why is the plague of of, of Shin started by the ashes of the um Piachakushan of the Kiln thrown to the heavens? Why that way? The Chidah explains in his commentary on the Torah, where he says that it is to show that this plague didn't just come from the unquarantined traveller. Don't think, you know, same Canaanite some sub-Saharan African came in and that's brought the disease with them. No, 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 no. I'm going to show you in front of you, Pharaoh. I'm going to show you that these two handfuls of ashes are going to be the way God is going to spread this across your land because Hashem can create a lot out of very little. Chizkuni says in a similar way that it is in order to indicate that there was a platform, that this is based on something. It, didn't just, it wasn't just an airborne disease. God actually took something and was able to, to, to expand that into whatever it is that He wants it to be. Now, Sorotskin, perhaps, quotes a major who points out that there were four people in the history of Israel who were thrown into the furnace, into the kiln themselves for so their belief of God. Now was Avram Avinu in the kiln of Nimrod, and then Hanani Mishael and Azariah into the kiln, into the furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. If you read the Pesukim in Sefer Daniel, which describes this, it says that the furnace was so hot that those who tied Hanani Mishael and Azariah up were incinerated just by throwing them in, but yet they survived it. And so perhaps with Moshe Rabbein is two handfuls and Aaron's two handfuls. We have four handfuls almost as a representation of the four people who one in the past and three in the future who would sacrifice themselves. And this is a for the, the success of Israel as well. Finally, one last interesting point and you'll notice there's an oscillation between the descriptions of Pharaoh's heart. Some is Chazak and some is Kaveid. One is to strengthen and one is to be hard. And Rav Soloveitchik points out that they are different ideas in terms of um, how to escape ideas which are uncomfortable, the one is is chazak. Chazak is being resolute. I believe in this. I have an economy. I don't want to release these slaves. Yes, it's going to be difficult. We'll put our heads down, and we'll get through it. But kaved is being insensitive. kaved is trying to ignore the reality. kaved is like a like a rock. It's it's heavy. It's it's irresolute. It's not going to be affected. Perhaps a d- way of looking at it is you know continuing through World War Two or continuing to the war of Vietnam. Um, continuing for World War II, there were a lot of losses, but it, ne- it was a war that needed to be won-, won. Vietnam, perhaps it was a little bit more um, insensitivity because the war was not being won. And that's what's happening over here. Pharaoh is experiencing both. Coming back to the idea that fair part of Pharaoh's um, free will is he wants not to let the nation of, of Israel go... And therefore Hashem is, is strengthening that resoluteness. That's But sometimes too much, that's why we have is A lot of interesting perspectives to think about over here. With this we conclude. In the meantime, have a wonderful, and meaningful.